<laughs> hey, hey, Max. Hey, Sam. How's it going? It's going pretty good, man. Haven't you know? This is a real fresh start to our conversation. Haven't seen you yet. Yeah. <laughs> look at look. You can see my video, right? Yeah, I can see you. How handsome do I look today? You look the most put together and least creepy I've seen you on one of these recordings in quite a while. You've got a beard mustache combo that's not just the creepy stash. Mm -hmm. You've got a, a normal baseball hat on, not a beanie that's just kind of hugging the top of your head. Yep. Um, it seems like a real, you know, you look, you look better. <laughs> you, you, you look like a, like a, you look like a high school football coach right now. Oh, just a oh, quarter zip thing I'm wearing. The, the quarter, the quarter zip with the big Nike swoosh on it. Your backwards hat. It's actually a sponsorship. Oh, okay. I, I didn't realize Nike was sponsoring us this week. Well, I'm trying to get them to sponsor them. Oh, so it's a preemptive sponsor. Yeah, I, hope, I thought maybe no one could really see it. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't put that in the notes that I needed you to bring up Nike, but <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, I got you. I know how Thanks, this works. Man. Yeah, we're really we're really in sync. Do you um, have a check-in round question? I don't. I feel like you. We should just talk about. You said you had a big morning. I feel like our check-in should just be saying. Yeah, what did you do this morning? This morning, 10:50 a.m. Sunday morning. What do you? What, yeah. have, what have you done this morning? I'm, I'm a little, I feel like it sounds like you've done a lot. I have, I'm house sitting this weekend or house cat sitting, um, which is actually why I'm. What's a house? Oh, never. House, what's a house, house cat? House I was picturing like cat. a cat that looks like a house, but a house cat's a real thing. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it. I got up early and, well, I got up early because of our dog. Our dog likes to wake me up early. So I've been up since like 630. Um, and I fed Link who is the upstairs cat. As we've mentioned before, he sometimes makes appearances on the podcast. Is this the cat that you are house-sitting? Yes. Um, and I'm actually recording from their apartment right now. Where is he? He, well, their apartment has two floors. The top floor is just like one big room, which used to be the office for the, the farm crew. Um, now it's kind of like a, a second like den for them, their apartment. And he is, he is closed in the downstairs apartment in their actual like bedroom and stuff. Um, so he might might hear some like faint meowing in the background, but that's not new. Okay. Um, so I fed him, and then I have I have farm chores to do this weekend. Farm chores? Oh, that's delightful. Tell I me know, about right? your, tell me about your choring. There's not there's not too much to do, but I did I made my coffee and put it in my my mug and walked up to the farm. Wait, you just carry like a regular mug, or is it in like yeah. a travel mug? Today it was just a regular mug. Hmm. Took my mug up to the farm. I mean, it's a short walk. Took the mug up to the farm. Put on my muck boots. Cause I knew I was gonna go in with the lambs, and I scooped him up there some some food, and some minerals and some probiotic because they've got tummy problems. Like yogurt. Better. What's that? Like yogurt? yogurt. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I you like, have, like open, individual little individual pots that you open <laughs> I up open for them. One, each one, and I hold it out, and they just lick it out of the. Uh, no, it's this white powder, and I went in and fed the lambs. Uh, they're so they're so food oriented, man. They're so excited to see me. I am strategic now. I can't open the gate to go in there because that makes a lot of noise, and then they bum rush me, and they it's just hard to feed them when they all rush at you. So I sneak in there and hop the fence and sneak into the hutch and fill up all their troughs first, and then I leave a little bit in the bucket and shake it really loud and then pour the rest out, and they come sprinting. And, like, they'll be anywhere in the pasture, and the second they see me with a bucket in my hand, like, they know it's, like, bucket, bucket boys here, mm -hmm. and that's, like good, that's good for them. So they come hauling up that hill. Does the, is the huge one, like, so much faster than the others or, like, knock them down? He doesn't, here's the thing, Sam. He doesn't need to be faster. He just – it doesn't matter if he's the last one there. He is a battering ram, um, <laughs> pun intended. But he is just, like, plowing his way. He plows his way through. Like he, I've watched him knock over other lambs, basically, to get to the food. <laughs> Um, which might just explain a lot about maybe he is the same age. He just <laughs> yeah. is so much stronger. Um, so I fed them this morning. I kind of just – I usually linger for like a minute or two and just make sure they all eat, make sure nobody – that's usually the number one sign of, of a livestock not doing well is if it won't come when all the other ones come. Right. Um, so they were doing well. Then I just hopped into the greenhouse and watered um, all the transplants and the starts that were in there. And then I did a little farm walk because um, it was still really nice. The sun was just coming up. And I actually freed a bird that was trapped underneath our remay. You know, I talked about mm -hmm. that fabric remay over the beds. Um, this was one of the beds where it was, there's hoops and then there's the remay, so there was actually space. And somehow a bird had managed to get underneath it and then couldn't find its way out. So I just like, kept hearing like squawking and flapping and seeing the remay like bounce up aggressively. Mm -hmm. And so I went and walked around and finally freed him from the remay. What kind of bird was it? I think it was a killdeer. Which I should talk about a lot because they're 
the worst. They are um, – this is not a good segue. But I think they were formerly endangered or not anymore mm. uh, protected. Um, I mean, or, I can't imagine they are a super useful bird considering it got – it must have been going after the plants, and that is why it was underneath the remay. I don't even think so. I think oh, they, yeah. they don't really eat – Here's what they do is that the reason they're annoying on a farm is that they make most notably they make their nests on the ground, not up in trees or anything, mm-hmm. and usually in pastures or open mm-hmm. like dirt fields and stuff. So what happens is they like to make their nests in fields, even like big farm fields, and their population was declining because of this industrial tilling and everything was just always tilling in their nests. Mm-hmm. And so we had five different killdeer nests throughout the farm this year. Um, all of them have hatched. And and moved on. If you've ever if you look them up, they're hilarious birds. They have really long stick legs, and then a little like poofy little body. I think they were like at where we went to high school, like around there. Because I remember lacrosse sometimes, where we practiced lacrosse. There was like a, a bird that would must have had a nest nearby because it like would get like really wide and like like try to like distract us from mm-hmm. being near its nest. Yeah, their their thing is they um. They have a really annoying squawk that they do. They're very, very high pitched, and then they kind of they look like a seabird too because the way they have the long, the long legs. I think they are in the the seabird family, like pipers and stuff. And they'll walk over and flap their wing like it's broken. Like yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep. Yeah, that's them. Um. Anyways, they've been laying. They've been having nests all over the farm, and we can't move the nests. We have to wait for them to hatch. So we've been like having to change what beds we plant and, and what beds that we prepare because of the kill deer. <laughs> nice. And so there is still one nest out there that is really disrupting um, our plans, which is annoying. But anyways, I freed a kill deer this morning, I think, from the – they're everywhere oh. here. We, there's a huge population of them. You're a good man. Uh, yeah, thank you. And then other than that, that's pretty much it. Prepared for this. I put a lot of time in, you know. Do you see any rats? Oh, I do have a rat story. What? <laughs> Yeah, no, we hadn't we hadn't seen any since you were here last. Yeah, we pulled that tarp up and we saw a fairly. I mean, you're you're a city boy. It was you've a seen rats. big rat. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a New York rat, but it was it was a sizable rat. It was a country rat. Um, and you know he's making do with what he's got. But mm-hmm. we were prepping a bed, um, some beds this week that were tarped for a little while. We pulled the tarps off this morning. It didn't come running out then or anything. But we were weeding right, and we were pulling some pretty big weeds. <laughs> I was weeding across from Kaylee. And she shrieked, and I looked over, and a rat went running away from her. <laughs> and she said she just grabbed it when she was weeding. Like, she, like, grabbed his <laughs> tail or something and then, like, felt it move and let go. And this fairly – probably about as big as the last one we saw, a sizable rat went running away. Um, he's still out there somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a big – Telling his buddies I, about his crazy uh, crazy morning or crazy, crazy weeding experience. Maybe he's a thrill seeker, man. Just yeah. want to see how close he can get. Um, so rats still here. We don't ever really see them other than I guess they like underneath those tarps. So, um, yeah, right. it was kind of startling. And somewhat rat related, what's your mouse count right now in your apartment? I think the mouse count might be at nine. Nine? I don't yeah. remember what I predicted. You predicted ten. I predicted eight. Uh, Haley predicted six. So, so I've we- won. Um, yes, but we, I mean, we never put a time limit on this. So I think we <laughs> right. just, we're going to keep leaving the traps until we don't catch one for a couple of weeks. We started out at a pretty, I think if you remember correctly, a feverish pace. <laughs> what, two say. the first night? <laughs> there was two the first night. The next day I texted, we were talking about it and that night we reset the traps. And while I was sitting there, we heard the third one go and I texted you. I said, Oh, we just got number three. And between the time of me going to get number three out, we caught a fourth one. And I had to text you again. Actually, we're up to four. And so we were just doubling at a terrifying rate. But it slowed down tremendously. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that it slowed down because, you know, exponential rates uh, get real concerning real fast. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, So we're, yeah, I think we're at just under 10 right now, which is scary and not great. But whatever, at least we're kind of getting rid of them. Um, who knows how many are really in this apartment or in this building? Yeah. It might be this. This house might be mostly mice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know if I ever told the story too that Doug and Kaylee in their apartment upstairs found a snake in their. Oh apartment. yeah, you mentioned that. They came out of the wall. Um, oh god, I, snake yeah, walls. Is, yeah, which is I can't tell which one I hate more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I bet you they're snake. related. That snake yeah. is pretty stoked about all the mice. That is true. And I think I don't have many good snake traps, so I'd rather just catch a mouse in a mouse trap and then take care of that. I'm not sure what I would do about a snake. Um, yeah. I wouldn't feel safe in my own home, that's for no. sure. 
No. So, but that was, I guess that was it for my morning. It wasn't too, it wasn't too crazy, right. but you were, you were bragging about your morning. Well, now you've, you've, I think gone ahead and made me look uh, lazy because I didn't, I don't have a farm walk to do. I didn't, uh, you know, go out and rescue a living animal. Uh, what I, what did I'm I sure do this morning? I would have figured it out on his own. I just facilitated yeah. the, the, the release. Uh, I made some coffee and okay. I, uh, same. sat out on my balcony and I read for a while. Hey, I think we probably made the same coffee. Probably. Yes, please. Yep. Yes, please. Came this week. You know, I'm drinking some decaf yes, please right now because this is my third cup and I don't really want to go beyond two actual cups of coffee. Does it does it mess you up, like make you jittery or no? Mm, doesn't, uh, no, but I also just don't want to like be drinking caffeine all day long. Like mm-hmm. I, I do try to make some smart decisions for my sleep, one of which being that I have two cups of coffee in the morning and that's it caffeine wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like coffee too much. I could ha- happily drink it all day long, but I feel like that's probably yeah, not same. good. Good for good for me. You know well, I mean, I, of, that's why I got decaf so I can drink it yeah, in the afternoon. That's smart. Um, it makes me think of like it talks about just like being able to drink coffee all day. When we go down to Kentucky on vacation, and, and Grandma Nan makes that big old percolator of coffee, mm-hmm. and it pretty much just has coffee in it all day. And when I'm down there, I feel like I drink a terrifying amount of coffee. That's Kentucky is where I learned to drink coffee. Really, it's it where just I feels first right started there. drinking it consistently and it was i think i don't know if you had the same coffee experience but my entrance into coffee was with a lot of creamer a lot of uh, vanilla creamer and then i guess yeah yeah what was yours well mine's actually entirely different i was just telling this story to a coworker of mine recently so when i first started farming i was 19 living in ann arbor on a twin mattress on the floor of a family friend's house in their guest bedroom and so basically my life was farming come home try and eat something really quick and then I wanted to I always felt weird being in their house you know whenever you rent it wasn't even renting from somebody they're letting me stay for free but it wasn't like I could like go out to a bar or somewhere and NR has a bunch of really nice like not even like broy bars but places to sit and drink that were nice I couldn't do any of that but there were tons of coffee shops so oh, I just started yeah. to go and spend my time in coffee shops these all had good coffee these were like nice. fancy coffee shops so I started off with good coffee but definitely probably didn't appreciate the first like five to ten cups of coffee I had from one of these places, but I kept going because I needed somewhere to sit and read that wasn't their apartment or their house. <laughs> and so I just kept going to these coffee shops, and eventually it just grew on me pretty quickly. I mean, I'm sure it happens when you drink good coffee, but it was almost the exact opposite. I dove right into fancy Like coffee the good stuff? Yeah. Because that was like my only escape from the apartment, which yeah. now it's hooked me on on drinking good coffee. Um, but yeah, I spent so many hours in Ann Arbor coffee shops <laughs> that, that first year. That's such a hipster. Um, Really was from the start, you know. So I drank some coffee and read, did some reading, and then my groceries got delivered. Uh, so, oh, actually, before the groceries got delivered, I formed a bread uh, bowl and mm-hmm. uh, threw it in the oven and baked uh, baked bread. And then my groceries yep. arrived, so I brought those inside, and I we do what we call super fridge uh, and super fridge. You take like all your vegetables and stuff that you're going to eat throughout the week and you prep them ahead of time and then put them like in glass Tupperware. So they're just like in the fridge and the goal is to not waste any food. So by the end of the week, we got to eat everything that we prepped. Mm -hmm. So I did all the prep, like cut up a bunch of celery and some peppers and cucumbers and things like that, which took a little while. And then I had some chicken that had been thawing for a couple of days that I needed to cook before it went bad. So I threw a couple of chicken thighs in the oven all at like 9.30 in the morning, which I can smell right now, which is incredible. <laughs> and um, I think that that's was pretty, it. That's a pretty productive morning. Yeah, bread, uh, yeah, food, you should tell, you should chicken. tell the people about your bread, Sam. This, this big bread thing that you're doing now. So I'm Sam, all... jealous of the way that I was living. Yeah, I saw your bread-centric bread life and yeah. uh, wanted to be part of it. No, my uh, my buddy Will, who I work on this project with, uh, somehow, I don't know where he heard of it, but he got this book called like, like Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day or something. And it's this recipe for making this, like, this basic bread, which is you essentially make a lot of pretty wet dough. But it doesn't require any kneading or any like, ri- like a little bit of like it rises once in, in when you're making it, and then you just keep it in the refrigerator for up to two weeks. And when you're ready to bake one, you just pull like a grapefruit-sized lump of dough off of it. You form it, you let it sit for a bit, and then you throw it in the oven. It makes amazing bread. Actually, hold on, I'm gonna be right back. I'm gonna oh. show you. He's gonna show me his bread. 
we'll see. This is, I mean, this is not great for like a audio medium, but um, I bet you it's gonna have nothing on my sourdough. But we'll let him, we'll let him have it. We'll let him get excited about his his little his little white bread that he's making. Oh, here it is. Oh, that is so cute. Oh, such a little guy. Look at him. Oh, he's very pretty. Sam did a little three a three slash um, scoring on the top. I mean, that's a pretty handsome. It's a handsome loaf. Can now can I ask you a question? Yeah. With this low kneading and long fridge sitting and everything, what's the the interior crumb like? Are there good bubbles? You getting good, Real bubbles? good bubbles? Good yeah. air. Good you want me? Want me to, you want me to cut it open right now? I kind of do want to see the inside right, of this loaf. On. I know this is great for the podcast. Right, I don't care. Be right back. <laughs> this is what we've evolved into, everybody. Quarantine times mean bread. Um, oh, he's so excited. He's like running around his apartment with a knife and bread in his hand. Um, I also made bread this weekend, but here I am not showing it off because I'm humble. And, you know, this is kind of what's come to be expected of me. This is big. This is big for Sam, though. I wish I could uh, have better audio what's going on here, but he's just now he's eating. Look at this. Okay. It's, it's actually one of the some... denser ones that I've made recently. Oh, but... that's tough. It's still got some air bubbles, though. Yeah, it's not bad, we're, right? We're not doing too much kneading or anything. It's, yep. it's pretty good. Yeah. And the, the, the taste is, is good. Well, it tastes incredible. All right. Well, next time, anytime I'm down there, you'll have to make me some bread. I will. Um, I did some bread baking as well this weekend. Made some sourdough. I've been making sourdough crumpets. I've been making sourdough biscuits. Sourdough bread, the huge. Um, is this the, is really this the worst good. podcast that we, we've ever made? <laughs> well, it's on its way. We're only a couple <laughs> minutes. We're only about... Quarter of the way through, but it's been pretty bad. So, <laughs> all right, Max, what's new at the farm? What's going on? Give me a lamb update. You want to start a lamb update? I don't care. Start wherever you want. Okay. Well, we'll we'll wait on the lambs. I already talked about them a little bit. There's not much to say. Um, farm update. Well, it's officially summer CSA season. Uh, we finished our spring one two weeks ago. Um, that was the little four week one that we added on. With Remember 30. when I said I wanted to do a CSA? I emailed yeah, them twice. No one ever emailed me back. Hmm. Amateur hour. Yeah, they must be full and just deciding that they're not going <laughs> to respond to people. Um, well, that's a bummer. Yeah. So no CSA for you this year, huh? Guess not. Okay. Um, so anyways, the spring CSA ended. I think it went fairly well. We got good feedback. Um, and basically, we had already planned a summer CSA 20 weeks starting uh, this week. Um, and because of just sheer quantity of produce and the restaurant not necessarily being able to keep up, with what we were bringing them, we decided to add more shares. So we upped it from a 30-person CSA to a 50-person CSA, which in a normal year, trying to find 20 people in a day or two or a couple of days um, would have been tough. But Yeah, how do you find this, like, just 20 people? There was a wait list for the original. Would, oh, a wait list. Okay, that makes sense. But that didn't. That wasn't 20 people long. Um, and then there's an, I think a master email list for people that from the restaurant and people who come to farm dinners get put on that they got kind of blasted to first. Letting they should have sent available. you door to door, knocking. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Have you heard the good word? Have you heard? Have you heard about a CSA? <laughs> um, it's but but wearing overalls maybe and yeah. like having like yeah a basket of produce with me. Um, so we, we had no problems and they put it on the website and I think just through talking to people at the curbside pickup and stuff that they managed, we, we got the 20 people, um, fairly quickly. So a 50 person CSA has been, a, we did the first distribution this week of that amount. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's almost doubling the size of our original one and it was already kind of cumbersome to pack 30 shares before. And now here we are packing 50 shares. Um, but at the same time, we won't be wasting food. Um, I mean, it's one thing to keep bringing. I mean, the bringing the, the restaurant 100 pounds of lettuce every week is just it's unsustainable. And they could become a lettuce farm or lettuce restaurant. Everything is kind of like <laughs> going to get lettuce. <laughs> or maybe just a salad, a big salad place. If, it, uh, if they became a lettuce restaurant, you'd have to change the name to something like Let Us Make You Food. That's terrible. You know what? You already said this maybe would be the worst podcast we've ever done, and now we're just getting it's getting bad. Well, let's uh, just see how bad we can make it. Let's set a new true. low. Yeah, that's good. To, it's good to have a bottom limit, you know. Yeah, let's figure <laughs> out our floor. Um, so summer CSA began this week, pretty successful. Um, so what does that? So adding almost doubling your your CSA um, mm. amount does that change your workflow in any substantial way? 
Not necessarily because what was the way that we harvest is we harvest twice a week and we do Mondays. We were harvesting for restaurant, any type of wholesale client. And then Thursday mornings, we were harvesting for the Thursday afternoon CSA pickup. Um, so what it really means now is that that Thursday harvest, when we were going out and picking for the CSA, we almost never, unless it was a certain crop, we're almost never just picking the exact number. So with kale, you go out and you pick the entire bed. We have two beds of kale. You go out on Thursday, you pick an entire bed of kale. And whatever the bunch count was, you you know, say it was 40, we'd give 30 to the CSA, the other 10 would go to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things were set that way. You'd go out to the radish turnip bed and you just have to pick any radish or turnip that's ready because certain crops don't hold in the field at all. So you just need to get them out. Things like scallions and kohlrabi, fennel, those things hold a little bit longer. It's not that big of a deal if they have to sit an extra week. But there are definitely things where we were we were picking back no matter what. So all, And same with the lettuce. We were cutting an entire bed of lettuce every week, um, and the poundage would be split up um, where it needed to go. So really, we're still, for the most part, harvesting what we were going to anyways. We're just giving – we're just changing the, the percentages the of where it goes. Yeah. Where it does add time onto the workflow and that we are you know, trying to figure out is – when I was talking about packing these shares, I mean, there's just, it just sucks to pack 50 bags. So what we're doing is because stuff needs to last and we don't have a cooler to put it in up at the farm, we're packing things into plastic bags and then people are getting a paper bag that has their, their stuff in it. And what that means is, is usually if there's lettuce, somebody's packing one pound bags of lettuce and then everything else will go into a bigger plastic bag. All the root vegetables, radish, turnips, things like that will all go together. And one, it's obviously pretty crappy that we have to use all this plastic and we're not loving doing that. It was not our intention, really. Um, but the other thing is it's just someone's time spent. No matter how fast you are, it's going to take you, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to pack 50 bags of greens mm-hmm. uh, because it's just it's just the speed it goes. Um, there's no super way to streamline it, really. Um, so we're finding that it is taking two people, sometimes a third person, you know, our whole mornings are dedicated to harvest and packing these shares, which is not the end of the world. It's one day a week and it's our main revenue stream. Right. So you can accept that that's part of it. But if it was the market style that we were originally after, it would be a matter of maybe still packing the one pound bags of lettuce so people didn't have to touch it. But everything else would have just went out on display and you'd walk through and you'd pack your Grab own bag. It. Yeah. And for us, that's so quick. You wash, throw it into something, put it out there. Um so it is still, we're, and we're just trying to figure out the, how to, yeah, make our little wash space efficient to have three people in there to actually do something to mm-hmm. try to pack into these paper bags that shouldn't get wet while over here we're spraying water. And um, it is it has definitely been a struggle. I think we are getting better. Um, I think if we didn't have some of the things in place that we have this year, that um, it would just be taking almost double the time. Um, so we've made changes that I think are efficient. I think hopefully by by midsummer we'll be into a, a better um, process for the whole thing. But it's fine. I mean, again, like I said, one day a week you can we can swallow that. We're we're still staying ahead of everything else, so it's not the end of the world um, necessarily. Um, and cool. it's nice that we're able to get more people into a CSA. Um, it does feel good to be able to right. have more people interested in what we're growing and, and have a closer relationship by coming to the farm and seeing it. Versus going to the restaurant and just eating, um, yep. which the restaurant is serving people, not just takeout. Now they do have a. It looks like a graduation party. They have like a big tent set up. Um, oh, like so twelve. So it's only outdoor seating. Only outdoor seating at the restaurant, um, which only seats like 48, 50 people, I think, into that tent. So it's a little difficult. Obviously, they used to seat, you know, two hundred people at a time in the restaurant. You could. So, um, but it's bringing people back on, and they are using more stuff, and then. The other cool thing is on this site that we always talk about is the wedding venue, the barn. Right. Um, can't be used for anything. I mean, it's just well, at the time for weddings, at least there's no events happening. So what they did was took it and turned it into a pop-up barbecue restaurant called GBQ. And the chef from the barn for the weddings and the chef from the restaurant are collaborating on it. Um, we've eaten there twice in a week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean – it's very, very good, but you just also can't be walking to dinner. Yeah. Um, and so they're using the deck. Um, the back part of this barn is a beautiful covered deck. Um, it's kind of where they used to do cocktail hour and everything else for the weddings. Um, so they have picnic tables on the lawn as well. But 
um, it's a nice setup. Um, you know, you have to wear a mask up until you order, then you sit down, they serve you, bring your food, really good food. Um, so I think that's hopefully as word gets out to you that, that exists, it's pretty low key right now because there's not much signage or anything for it, but um, that's kind of just another like another take on how to move more stuff, yeah. um, bring more people into being employed. And actually, one thing that's also on there that I didn't mention before we extended the CSA to more people, we tried a thing called Gibbet Hill Grocery which we had mentioned I think was an idea of just essentially offering a CSA bag, um, everything that we had harvested from the farm that week for like a $40 flat rate, you would get a harvest bag from the farm and people could add that onto their takeout order. So you could pull up, get your dinner and then get a harvest bag. And so we were packing like 20 of those for two weeks. Um, the past two weeks we've been doing it. It's to some success. I think, when anytime you start a new thing, people are looking to order dinner, and then they're like, "What is this on the yeah. menu as well?" It's kind of a weird. There's no good space to put it, and I'm sure with time it would get better. But um, it helped move some stuff. We're not sure if we're gonna keep it or not, but it kind of just shows that like we are having to. You're adjusting every week, right? Um, Experimenting but, and learning. What it seems like adding on and making the CSA bigger was basically the best move we could have done. Um, I don't think we'll have too many problems keeping up with supplying 50 uh families so that's been yeah that's been a lot of new things rolling in like that but um it's going well i mean when you're a crew of four you can adjust pretty easily right (laughs) how uh how has the weather been for farming stuff um it's been pretty good it's been dry i don't know what it's been like down there for you guys um yeah it rained a couple of days ago this is kind of what i'm noticing is that like Whenever I try and talk to people about weather who who don't farm, obviously they're like, "Oh, I feel like we've been getting like decent rain," <laughs> and and I'll be like, "Well, no, we got like three rainstorms over two weeks, and two of those were thunderstorms that rolled through." And like, can they can rain like the Dickens? Like, it can come down in sheets for twenty minutes, but that actual quantity of rain that fell isn't that right? Is, n- is very very minimal. It's tenth of an inch, and the the dream for when you're farming and growing crops and pushing the heat of the summer. The kind of rule of thumb is you want an inch of rain, inch of water a week on your crops, and most, a lot of the U.S. now does not get an inch of rain a week, um, especially in recent years. It's just been going down. Um, we get more intense rainstorms that roll in, but they don't. You don't get a sustained rain very often. Right. Uh, so that's been happening a lot. You know, we've, and it's not like you can make it up by getting like three inches one week. Yeah, it's <laughs> not good either. <laughs> I mean, if you have. Again, with no-till, and if you have good soil, soil retention and water retention is, you know, is way higher in yeah. um, a soil with high organic matter, a soil that has mulch, um, things like that. You know, and a lot of these, if you were driving by, a, you know, a commercial cornfield during a drought versus an organic farm during a drought, and neither of them has watered, I guarantee you, you will find more water in the soil of the organic farm if you if you put your hand down, and even if the surface looks dry, um, and the cornfield will will look dusty. Um, so we've been getting by. We're irrigating a lot more. Um, we had a, some weirdly really hot days in, you know, in the 90s a week or two ago and some very hot days coming up this week. I think we have four days in the 90s uh, again. All that does is scare me for July. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're not even into the hot part yet. July 4th is usually like always seems to be one of the hottest days of the year on the Do farm. Do you guys grow corn? We don't. So Knee high by the 4th of July. July. I know. That's, that's um, my one farming thing I know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I know that like works, but you could, if you're a farmer having a bad year, you could just change the the part of the body. The rhyme still works. So it still yeah. it could be ankle high by 4th of July. And people are like, yeah, it's ankle high. That's good. It's like, it doesn't, you know, wean but, high by 4th of July, but no, we don't grow corn. It's not the best money per unit thing. It's the best delicious so, per unit thing. Corn is the is, best. It is very good, but it, the problem is people expect cheap corn because you've always been able to get like, you know, a dozen years of corn for what, like $6 or something in the heat, you know, in the best part of the summer. So, um, organic corn is not the most not a money maker. efficient on a small farm. Um, sadly, if I've been at farms that we grew it before at Groundswell that one year just because I wanted it. Um, <laughs> so we grew like two beds of it and we mostly ate all of it. Um, and it was amazing, but yeah, it's it probably won't find its place right. in any market gardens. Um, but other than that, things I mean, things are rolling. Things are growing very well. Um, we have had some some like pest issues is another thing. Um, extreme heat does not help with pests, um, including a very mild winter doesn't help. So like, not that these are 
pass necessarily for the crops, but ticks are really bad this year. Mm. And I mean, not only for getting on the crew, I've already picked three off this year, um, and it's pretty early in the season. Um, but also the lambs. I mean, it doesn't get into their wool because it's too thick, but we're checking their faces every time that we mm. do this, the Fomacha yeah. test, to make sure there's no ticks on their faces or anything because, again, it's a, a pasture. It's just covered in them, and they're bad this year. Um, so that's been annoying. Flea beetles are the, the typical thing that eat anything in the brassica family. It's why we cover stuff with Rime. Um, all they are a little, you know, we've talked about them before. They're tiny little black bugs that eat holes in it, mm-hmm. make stuff, mainly make it unattractive for the most part. But also any open sore on a plant leaf be- can become diseased really easily. Um, so they've been bad. Usually they come and go in waves, um, but they've been consistent and it's been pretty, um, mainly just frustrating. And then right. we've had those Colorado potato beetles that we talk about all the time. Our potatoes actually look very You would healthy. think, you know, not being in Colorado, you'd be upset. I know. Um, but alas, they have made the journey. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just about everywhere these days. But we've been... So obviously the other frustrating part is they're named Colorado potato beetles, but they like anything in that crop family. This um, is a really confusingly named bug. It really not is. Not in it Colorado and also don't really care about potatoes. The United States Solanaceae beetle, because that's what it's really doing. Um, the USSB. But uh, anyways, it's really bad on our eggplant. Every year, the eggplant seemed to get slammed by these potato beetles. I've told stories every t- on the podcast last year. We're squishing the eggs with your fingers. You're yeah, squishing the larvae. You're knocking the adult beetles into buckets of bleach water. And there's no way to really keep them down except for you going out. I mean, some farmers will just, if they have too many crops to actually be doing that we'll like walk through with a broom and just knock them to the ground to slow them down um and things like that (laughs) but um we're we're at the stage now where i think our potatoes are big enough that they can they can handle it don't know about our eggplant they're still fighting for their for their life out there um they have plenty of things that are slowing them down um other than that i mean i don't know that's all normal farm stuff really i mean that's nothing terribly new we've Mm -hmm. been dealing with some disease we've never seen before in the cabbage um I think we think it's tip burn. We think it was the really hot weather under the remay made, um, fried some stuff. Our eggplant in one of our hoop houses just seems to be frozen in time. (laughs) We planted it three weeks ago. You plant, you created a time travel eggplant. Did. And I think if you walked in there, maybe you would just feel something different. But basically what happened was we planted these eggplant in this in this hoop house and they've they've done nothing they have they have stayed the exact same size <laughs> we put them into the ground at um and we we have reasons we think why this is happening i mean the one that black people, hole time rift black hole? Yeah. <laughs> i know um we need to bring in a medium or something yeah but what the problem is is actually the soil is from the soil test i've seen from previous years has too much essentially of everything too much phosphorus too much which can be a problem the plant if it's overwhelmed with too much of all the nutrients will not uptake it hmm. so what is happening partly with the hoop houses is that you don't get rain in there right. to essentially kind of wash things away yeah. and, and move things around what happens is you're using drip irrigation and you're putting compost and nutrients all these years and you're not necessarily thinking about it because compost is always good fertilizer is always good well, what happens is the plants aren't using all of it up or yeah, it's not being washed away, and it just sits there, and now it's at, at excessive levels to the point where the plant is not able to use it. You would hope that and, it would result in, like, in like monster plants. Yeah, that would be the – you know, you'd think they would just figure it out and, yeah. and turn it into a monster plant. Oh, wait, quick moment here. Um, yeah. So now that I'm podcasting from the third floor, I'm watching a balloon blow away. Um, a, a balloon? A balloon. Is I'm that an sure. or, or, or organically grown balloon from the farm? Nope. That's that's death for birds. That is not. That looks pretty plasticky. Um, oh, that was bizarre. I don't know where that came from. How big of a balloon? It's actually incredibly weirdly shaped. It's like it looks like a foot wide and like four feet long. It's like a it's like a the letter like a I. Noodle? Oh yeah. <laughs> Which it could have been from the word birthday, I guess. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. That was distracting. <laughs> but um, it's all good. So those are kind of the main the things that we're dealing with now. I mean, I could ramble on about farm stuff for a while, but it would be nice to hear you talk about things too. Oh, but. I've got nothing going on in my life. I okay. just, I just, I'm living in this perpetual state of of the exact same thing, kind of over and over. Yeah. 
Man, so. you bummed me out there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I have well, one of my one of my indoor plants is flowering for the first time. That's exciting. Yeah, I've had it for years, and it <laughs> it it put up. It's like a you know what a snake plant is. Yeah, one of those. We got a couple of those. Yeah, they, it, um, apparently it like puts up like a a stem where a bunch of flowers grow off of it. And mm-hmm. they get like a like some like sap kind of like oozes out of it, and then the flowers fall off. Oh. But I've literally had this plant for like five years, and it's the first time it's done it. Yeah, we've had a couple that have not done that yet. It's pretty neat. Um, but I but I look forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. Sappy yep. flowers? You kidding me? Yeah, I know, right? Flowers. There's so much to look forward to. Well, then so let me next week we have a retreat. Okay, I, I can come back to farm stuff. I have a few other things, but okay, let's let's keep your farm stuff going then. We can Are you come, we can keep going. Or whatever, whatever either one. I mean, so, okay, I'll just do me real quick. There's not a whole lot, as I said, going on. Project continuing, as it always has. Um, continuing to sell more projects within this client, um, which is exhausting, but good for the ready. Um, we're doing a virtual retreat next week because it doesn't really make sense to bring everybody into physical location if we have to stay socially distanced and it would just be really probably a pretty bad idea. Uh, so we're doing, we're going to do like 10 to two every day next week doing the normal stuff we would do at a retreat, except just all on computers, um, which is figuring out what initiatives we want to fund for the next trimester, what, um, there's a handful of different things, but that's kind of the main one. Reviewing the initiatives we did we did last time, and then deciding what we want to fund for the the next trimester. And that, this is like various internal projects that we want to do. What's the status of the initiative that you were leading with the writing? Did anything I, come of that? So the there so the two retreats ago, ago, it was the initiative where we had we paid external people to write stuff. That's over. Um, a couple people did. It was fine. Um, last retreat, we were we funded an initiative about starting to figure out how we become like a content platform for future of work writing. I completely didn't work on it at all, just with coronavirus and the project that I'm that I'm working on. It just there was no way I could dedicate much time to it. And I've also kind of. I, I take that back. I have spent some time working and thinking about it, and I'm not convinced it's actually the right strategic move that we want to be making anyway. Um, so we're going to talk about it next week. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's it. I'm, I need a freaking vacation. I'm tired and burned out and ready so to are you guys a little bit. Bringing more, I mean, have you been bringing more people on for these I mean, as you continue to sell within this within this company? This client, are you are you bringing more people on to start taking these other no, parts of it? On? We have four it... total right now, so the four of us are kind of spread across three contracts. It doesn't seem like enough. Um, yeah, we're like right on. We're right. It's a it's a difficult place to be because we're handling the work okay right now, mm-hmm. and one of the four people is new to the ready, so she still as she gets more comfortable and more trained, she'll be able to take on more of the work when she's not quite there yet. So ostensibly things will get easier as she becomes more capable. Um, So if we don't have to hire another person, then that is better margins for the ready because it's four people covering three instead of five people. So we don't have to pay, you know, an extra person, Mm -hmm. which means we're making more money for, for the company. And we've decided, you know, kind of given this moment in time, if we can do things that preserve margin for the ready, it's probably the right thing to do. So mm-hmm. we haven't been leaning hard into hiring anybody else for this project specifically. However, we have hired, I don't know if we talked, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we hired somebody for a different project. And I think last week we made a decision to hire somebody onto what we call our bench, which is not on any project, but is part of the company so that they would be available to join a project. Mm-hmm. So maybe they would end up joining us. And if one of the one if one of the projects, one of the contracts that we're talking about within this client ends up happening, we probably will end up hiring someone specifically for that. But we're still waiting to see whether or not that's going to happen. I mean, does that and that doesn't necessarily reduce your workload. I mean, cuz no. there is more work coming Bringing in as well. Bringing in new people <laughs> 
it's it's more work for a while and then hopefully if you do that part well it ends up being less work yeah it's just kind of like that's the correlation of i mean a little bit different but of like farms that have people say like oh you have so many volunteers you know right but you spend all your time as we're learning at gaining ground nine farmers with experience as doing the work of four farmers that have to lead 2000 volunteers throughout a season yeah um it's the kind of, you know, all your time is spent training, moving yeah. people around, yeah. preparing for the next thing. So for sure. So well, this doesn't sound like there's much break for a vacation there. No. The what I'm what we're shooting for is maybe last week of July, first week of August, I might take off two weeks. Um, nice. hopefully that will end up working. Does this company ever take a break? Or do they do that type of like recess at some point? Or not really? <laughs> not really. I mean all, not all, most corporations that I have worked with get much slower in August, people taking summer vacations, especially if it's a European company, it mm-hmm. actually like kind of shuts down in August. Like nobody is working in August. This is not a European company though. So I think it might slow down a little bit in, in August. Um, at least I hope so. So Yeah. And right now we have contracts that go... Our main one goes through November, and then we have one that ends in July that is likely to extend, and we have one that ends in August that may extend, but we'll see. Yeah, it sounds like a lot coming together there at once. Yeah, we'll see. I think I I might be able to, like, once this project is over, I think I may not do a client project for a couple of months and just do yep. internal stuff at the ready and take that pay hit. Um because I've been able to save some money doing this mm-hmm. project and just give myself a couple of months of, like, I don't have any time for the, like, thinking and writing that I generally like to do. This project has been so heavy on meetings and, you know, we're covering more work than we normally would with less people. So there's just not that time to do that introspection and that other stuff that I really like to do. So it's really, like, grinding me out. And all those, those, all that promos and stuff you were going to record for the Fields of Work podcast. Exactly. All that type of stuff you were putting yep. in. This is why we're kind of like in a lull right now. It's because uh-huh. Sam is, is he's being worked too hard at his real job <laughs> and isn't able to put the energy into well, the Fields of Work. I like to call need. Fields of Work my real job, but my yeah. other job uh, is the one that pays the bills. Pays the Yeah, exactly. This is your passion project that you think, well, this will, this will get you there someday. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> I, did have an, I did have an office hour with somebody last week. Excuse the sirens in the background. Um, who had just like became aware of me like through the ready, and like, they found mm-hmm. my website, and they thought it was cool to do an office hour, so they signed up for one. And he said he listened to a couple episodes of this podcast. Wow! Yeah. I just think that was it. I was done. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to work with you guys <laughs> or listen to it again. I, he wasn't somebody who was uh, going to be hiring us. It was somebody okay. kind of like more so being interested in like getting into this work. Gotcha. Um, well, that's good, you know, yeah. getting it out there. Yeah, but then it made me really, like, I never really thought that, like, like that's a thing that someone could just do. And then I wonder what the impression is that they get of me uh, based on the podcast. Because I play a yeah. little bit of a character, I feel like, here, you know. <laughs> you're, that's pretty much yourself <laughs> as, as your brother. Yeah, yeah okay, maybe. You well. <laughs> you're right. I don't think, I think don't. you're putting out a cool persona. I wouldn't necessarily say you're nailing it. <laughs> But yeah. that's also because I get the visual side of things. That's um, true. That's true. Okay. So the other thing I was going to ask, month of read, whatever, we did talk about that because our last podcast was at the very end of May. We mentioned right. a little bit that you were wrapping it up. You read read a lot. You didn't track it necessarily because that just slowed you down. You yeah. just kind of – you kind of read. It kind of took some space of something else in the mornings that you used to use for writing. Yep. And then you said at the time that June might be – not any of your previous months, but instead do something more with your kind of tying in the hard yeah. reset that you mentioned yeah. where you Simplicity. stopped. Yeah, you cleared out all of your, your Goodreads backlog and Instapaper and other things like that, and you felt free. You were a free man. <laughs> That's you right. Tie, you weren't tied down by any lists. Tied down by the by the commitments of past me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what is the what plan? Is, what is slash, June is there a plan now? for June if there is one? Yeah. It's um, it's basically the continuation in some in some ways of that. What it what it really has come down to is not tracking any like data 
for the mm-hmm. month and just wow. trying to like feel my feelings and not look at data stuff. It's bumming me out though, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, but feeling your feelings is bumming you out. <laughs> not just like like foregoing all of the like various like data stuff that I like to do, and in like mm-hmm. in, in some ways, I think that's what makes us a interesting experiment because i have learned about myself that there's a reason that i like doing that stuff right it gives me a sense of progress a sense of motivation um so the fact that i'm not like just thriving and loving what i'm currently doing in june is useful information but i'm excited to like stop doing it yeah is i'm always probably half we're about halfway through june yeah what is there any observations you've made other than that obviously you track stuff because there's a reason you know there's a reason for your tracking is there any other observations that have come out of this like let me let me feel my feelings let me not (laughs) dive let me not dive back into my normal data collection as a way of you know yeah i mean i think there's there's a couple different things going on probably and without you know making this a therapy podcast uh but um okay if you're yeah if it's gonna be a therapy podcast you're talking to the wrong guy <laughs> you're talking to somebody who is raised the same way as you <laughs> well i mean there's an element of like um like i i have a very loud self-critic and i think in some ways the collecting of the data and seeing progress is a way that i quiet that voice mm-hmm. in my head because i can see like i am doing the things that i think are important or i am getting better at these things that i think are important and when i don't have that I feel like the critic in my head gets to just kind of run wild and be a dick, uh, which is not helpful uh, in lots of different ways. Um, yeah. Which I don't know that I had really understood that before, but I, I feel like I'm starting to now. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, though, for those more observations to the rest of the month, maybe too, it's yeah. probably good that it seems like you're a very, very busy person and maybe taking a break from your monthly challenges and more intensives is maybe not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, just making some space to like see where my mind goes and what seems interesting to me at the end of this. I think that's worthwhile. I like the idea of actually pausing at a regular cadence. And I think, you know, halfway through the year is probably a good place to do, to do that. Yeah. Well, cool. We'll look forward to hearing from it. Sorry, your feelings, man. It's it's all good, man. (laughs) Feelings are good. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do in July yet so we'll take see. a vacation well Eventually. yes <laughs> at, the end, at the very end god that feels far away yeah <sighs> i think we're, we're we're planning a vacation in july as well and i think but ours might be more middle july but i think we might we might make a trip home or something because yeah. same thing we don't have any vacations planned and i'm not necessarily burned out on my job yet because yeah. i've been you know not working for that long at the farm but um it'll also just be nice to you know with the quarantine and everything and being fairly contained and we haven't even been the kind of people to like mask up and go out somewhere or like, you know, we're even avoiding like going for hikes around here. Cause I, all the trails have so many people on them that we've mm-hmm. pretty much lived within, which we're blessed with the farm, but lived within this very tight range right here. So I right. think, I think driving home or something in July will be our That's extent cool. of a vacation. But, um, I, I missed one thing. One thing to, to update, uh, lamb update wise, um, is we named another lamb. Oh, nice. So we're up to two names. Um, little tiny little backstory for this one. The first time I went to do the famacha, I mentioned that there was one of them that was coughing a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and I called him. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, like a little, little coffee. One of the guys a little coughing in there. And it was one of the brown lambs as well. So no, his name so was we coffee? Started, we, no, we started spitballing like coffee, a little espresso. And then someone said like a little, little cappuccino. And we, we settled on Chino. Chino. So now we've got Chino and Big Mama. Well, who is again a, a man? Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to participate in the naming of the lambs. I'm incredible at naming things. Then come up with something, man. You just just throw something good out there, and we'd use it maybe. Haley Herschel. Wool- Herschel. Yeah, I kind of like Herschel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll have to find one that matches. Name a lamb Herschel, and also let me come up with one more. Uh, Sklandrin. 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 Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw that one past the crew and see what they think of, of Sklandrin. Sklandrin and Herschel. And then you can think on one. One of them has a is a, one of the white lambs has a black spot on his paw, like a, almost a perfect circle, just one black spot okay. on his paw. So if you come up with that, call him get. call him dirt hands. Okay, that's that's actually you know what that is a mean term to call a farmer. You know that's basically oh, really? like, no, <laughs> oh. but it could be. 
That sounds old like dirt hands. New, yeah, old dirt hands. Um, <laughs> but so we have Chino. We have Big Mama. Right, cool, Chino and Big Mama and, and Herschel and Sklandrin. Sklandrin. Well, there's the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we're getting back in the rhythm. Maybe it'll That's be. Right. Maybe oh, yeah, we're doing bi weekly now, right? We were going to try and do that, but maybe maybe we felt like this sucked so much that we shouldn't do it every <laughs> two weeks. Maybe uh, there's too many weeds to get caught up in when we go too long. Maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's just a weird energy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe every, maybe every two weeks. That gives me more time for farm things to happen. Yeah, but, uh, maybe, maybe I'll figure out some more things to happen too. I went to my office to oh, check it, it out. It's still there, huh? It's still there, yeah. You didn't leave any like plants behind or anything, right? No, you know what was weird though? My mm. my garbage can, my little mm-hmm. waste paper basket, uh mine was in the room for some reason. Everybody else's is like out in the hallway. And it was like filled with like I don't know what, but it was like water. It had like water in the bottom of it, but like oh. like rotten fruit maybe? I don't know. Oh. It was weird. It, because you haven't been there to put your basket out, it just you left like I'm wondering fruit. if I left like some clementine peels in it. I'm pretty sure that's what I did, and it just sat in there for months and has turned into, like, dirt water. Or maybe there's a leak in your your uh, office, and they caught some of the water with it. I, I don't think so. Okay. But I so went in to look for some packages that got – it didn't really smell either. Okay, that's weird. I, I went in there to look for some packages that got sent there in the beginning of March, and I could not find them. Uh-oh. And then I emailed them, and they said they're somewhere else, and all should be good. Wow. Good yeah, you, story, are, huh? you, live a, you live an exciting life. <laughs> dude i live a boring life under normal circumstances like and at least under normal normal circumstances i can talk about like oh yeah i traveled to this place and i saw these things and now i just look at a computer screen all day long and i do the same thing and i just talk to people and i write some stuff and i that's it and you're happy Uh, right. uh, I'm on vacation. We'll unpack that in future episodes. <laughs> yeah, sure. We can't. Get All right, that. dude. Well, I think we're done. I think we're done. We did <laughs> I think it. We did it. We did it. We put <laughs> did another something. another good one in the can. We just stole people an hour of people's lives. No, it was gonna be less because I got to cut out the first ten minutes. <laughs> That's right. Sorry for you're welcome, everybody. everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, for uh, fields of work, uh, I've been Sam. And I've been Max. All right. See you later. Toodles. <laughs>